Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Ruach Podcast, part two of the Creation Relation miniseries. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Ruach Podcast. In this episode, Taylor addresses the concept of the new heaven and the new earth throughout the Bible and the Hebrew scriptures as well as the New Testament. He brilliantly unpacks some underlying assumptions about key biblical passages that have shaped our creation relation and brings to light the presentness of the new earth as well as our participation in that currently unfolding process. Enjoy the episode. Today, in part two of this Creation Relation mini-series, I'm going to be discussing the topic of the new heaven and new earth. This is an exciting topic, one that is wholly relevant and one in which my wife and I are passionate about. And um, to be quite honest, um, this topic was not really an interest of mine for most of my life until um, a number of years ago. Um, I won't go into any details of an experience or whatnot, but what I will say that is that um, the Spirit shifted my understanding uh, of the new heaven and new earth that truly um, deconstructed and made me reconsider um, what I had been um, conditioned um, to believe. So um, I'm really excited to uh, dive into this topic and kind of start to unravel um, what I see the Spirit doing and whatnot. And um, and I definitely think it's, it's more than relevant considering uh, what is happening in the earth and how, um, and more, more importantly, how we can move forward to, um, you know, think about um, how these things come out of our spiritual practices, how they come out of our experiences, um, and how we um, relate to the earth is, is intrinsically connected to um, these experiences, and that is definitely something um, that I've been shown. So, um, I think for most, and I was in this camp as well for a long time, so I'm definitely pointing the finger at myself, um, when we think of the new heaven and the new earth, um, we think of it as this alternative world um, that is yet to come, um, that will come in like a flash and with a bang, um, or that it's just like we have this earth, this earth is going to be you know blown away in a fire, boom, destroyed, um, and then there's this new earth. Um, and so then, if and if that's the case, you know, if if, if you hold to that idea. Um, then there really is no need to take care of the earth, um, this specific earth, and who cares what we do with it, right? I mean, that's the implication of, of holding on to an idea like that, if, if that is true or if that is the case. Um, and I will say that there's definitely a scriptural reference to an idea like this um, in Second Peter. However we will see that in context, um, 
with the rest of scripture, it doesn't really add up this way. It's definitely not as simple as um, one moment old earth destroyed. Next moment, good, new earth is here. Um, so let's jump in and see what we have. So to begin, let's, you know, kind of look to where this all begins and, and let's jump into Isaiah. Um, this is where the, the most um, famous and, and the most usage of the biblical language is used about the new heaven and earth and really the, the only place um, in the Hebrew um, scriptures uh, where this is, or the Old Testament, where this takes place. Um, and so we will be going over a lot of Bible um, today, so I hope you're um, ready for that. <clears throat> so let's look at Isaiah 65. And mind you, everything that I'm reading out of is either in the NASB or NRSV. Um, so Isaiah 65 in the NRSV says, um, For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former things will not be remembered or come to mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in what I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem for rejoicing and her people for gladness. Um, the voice, uh, I'll also rejoice in Jerusalem and be glad in my people, and they'll no longer be um, heard in her the voice of weeping and the sound of crying. Okay, so just make a mental note of that because we'll get to that later. Um, there will no longer be in it an infant who lives but a few days, or an old man who does. Um, now, no longer will there be in it. I must mention that. Where is in it? Okay. Is this the earth or is this Jerusalem? Well, we'll see later. No longer will there be an infant who lives but a few days, or an old man who does not live out his days, for the youth will die at the age of 100. And the, and the bone who does not reach the age of 100 um, will be thought accursed. So in other words, um, you, won't, you won't be considered uh, young anymore, a child, <laughs> when you reach 100. You know, for the youth will die at the age of 100. That's basically what it's saying. Um, so they will build houses and inhabit them. They will also plant vineyards and eat their fruit. They will not build another inhabit, they will not plant, and another eat. Uh, for as the lifetime of a tree, so will be the days of my people. And my chosen ones will wear out the work of their hands, they will not labor in vain. Um, for they are the offspring of those blessed by the Lord, and their descendants with them. It will also come to pass that before they call, I will answer, and while they are all s still speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb will graze together, and the lion will eat straw like the ox, and the dust will be the serpent's food. There will be no evil or harm in all my holy mountain. Now, obviously that's referencing the mountain for which Jerusalem sits on. Um or where the city itself is resting on. So there will be no evil or harm within this section. Now, let's go back to verse 
17, because this is the crux of everything. If you get this, you really get, you know, 50%, 70%, 80% of what we're, what I'm trying to, to, to nail in. Um, there's obviously a lot of other moving pieces as well, but this is the main thing that we're going to build off of. For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth. Now, for those who know that take my wife's Hebrew class, so I'm giving her a shout out. If you want to learn Hebrew, check out Learn Hebrew Academy. Um, but for those that know Hebrew or have learned some Hebrew that are in her classes, they know that there are no tenses in Hebrew. It is either a completed action or an uncompleted action, right? So another way that this could can be read is I'm the one who creates or I am creating because it's a participle. It's a currently unfolding action that is not yet completed. Okay, so for behold, I am creating new heavens and a new earth. Okay, so we are in this currently unfolding action that is not yet completed. Okay, let's go to Isaiah chapter 66. Um, starting with verse, the end of verse 21, I will, and he's talking about, um, this, this era, he says, um, I will also take some of them for priests and for Levites. And this is in this new heaven, a new earth era says, says the Lord for just as the new heavens and the new earth, which I will make endure before me declares, so your offspring and your name will endure and it shall be from new moon to new moon and from Shabbat to Shabbat, all mankind will come down before me, says the Lord. Then they will go forth and look on the corpses of the men who have transgressed against me, for their worm will not die and their fire will not be quenched and there will be an abhor- and they will be an abhorrence to all mankind. Um, talking about this unrelenting desire and need within man that they can't ever be quenched within the world and that's kind of the whole idea that their worm will not die they'll just be perpetually going back into the grave um it's kind of the imagery that it's working with so again verse 22 for just as the new heavens and the new earth which i make will endure before me declares the lord which i make will endure before me declares the lord okay remember we just talked about there are no tenses in Hebrew. It's completed action or uncompleted action. This is an uncompleted action. So it could be read, um, I am making, or that which I am making um, will endure before me. Um, again, a participle, a currently unfolding action that is taking place that is not yet completed. So for just as the new heavens and the new earth which I am making will endure before me, declares the Lord. So your offspring and your name will endure. Okay, let's uh, go back to the beginning of Isaiah now. Let's look at Isaiah passage uh, in chapter 2. This is a very famous, you know, end of, you know, I want to say time or just end of the epoch sort of deal um, passages. And it says, Now it will come about in the last days, the mountain of the house of the Lord will be established as the chief of the mountains and will be raised above the hills and all the nations will stream to it. 
And many peoples will come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us concerning his ways, that he may walk in his paths. For the law will go forth from Zion, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. And he will judge between the nations, and will render decisions for many peoples, and they will hammer their swords into plowshares, and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not lift up sword against nation, and never again will they learn war. So, um, these again are people that are coming into Zion. These are the people that are coming up into the mountain. Um, these are people that... Um, are coming into this this abode of God where they are being taught and and being transformed and changed, which is then transforming and changing the earth, okay? So uh, let's look at some of these elements of this new heaven and new earth and what life looks like, um, you know, in this new reality. Um, again, it is being made or created. So let's remember that and let's start with that. So that, that is definitely within Isaiah 65 and 66. And you could also say that with Isaiah chapter 2 because there's these processes that are still taking place. So these are some elements within Isaiah 65. So these are some of the things that we can see um, that are still present within this world as described by these passages. Okay. So one, very long life. but or possibly immortality, but death still present. Um, and one who doesn't get it um, is thought of to be cursed. But where there is this longevity of life, where there's like the death is no more, right? In the beginning of, of um, 65, um, where it says that, um, you know, there will be no weeping and the sound of crying and you know, even just the sadness, that's again taking place in this, in Jerusalem. Okay. Two, um, nature will bring the fruit of their labor to them um, easily. Um, or in other words, one will be able to enjoy the fruit of their work with ease. So that's another thing as we've seen in Isaiah 65. People have houses, people are creating houses, so they're still creating. There's people... Um, People, I don't want to say there's property, but there's, there's um, at the very least, an idea that there is um, familial homes and that there's, that there's community, we'll say, and uh, that you still work. There still is labor, um, but the labor comes with ease. And one gets to enjoy the fruit of their labor, and it's not going to be stolen from them. Um, and then lastly, um, animals won't no longer commit violent acts against each other, um, whether that's literal or figurative. Um, Isaiah, so now let's go to Isaiah 66. Nations are bringing offerings to the Lord, so there's still nations, which is interesting. Uh, armies, there's armies present. Um, there's a pre-ship, so there's still some priestly idea. Um, there's the, the new moon is still a thing. Or 
the moon, the notice of the celestial is still part of the 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 uh, ecosystem, let's say. Shabbat is recognized. So time is still actual to some extent. It doesn't mean that, um, and I think this is actually a larger topic about what people talk about in turn, eternity and no time and stuff. Um, I think that's a very, it's it, it's not really like that um, in those places. Time, it's not it's not so much that time doesn't exist. It's just not a, a a noticing or just your experience of it shifts. Um, uh, and then there's long life and immortality yet again. Um, but again, death's still present. But in Isaiah sixty six, it's definitely among what he would consider the wicked. You know, the abhorrent. Um, those that are still causing, you know, issues among like the fringes of the world. So those that are in the righteous city that are learning from God, long life and immortality is present. Um, but for those that where their desire is unquenched, um, you know, death still reigns. Or I don't want to say reigns, but it's still present within um, that sort of life process. So now in Isaiah chapter two. We have nations um, entering into a great peace. We have wars ending as the Lord counsels and transforms the world. There is learning, um, maturing, growing. So again, I'll repeat this again. There is learning, maturing, growing. Um, it's, yeah, I will just leave it at that for now. Uh, and then lastly, the weapons are, let's say, technology. So the, the, the quality of this new heaven and new earth, um, what does it do? It, the weapons are, let's say, technology will be centered around bringing life to the people of the world. So the swords and, um, you know, those weapons being turned into plowshares and whatnot, uh, this agricultural imagery is another way of saying that, look, this technology will be centered around bringing life. So what do we have here um, currently within this Isaiah image um, seen through these two or these three passages? Um, we have long life, we have culture still present, technology producing life, giving results, um, Labor still present, but the fruit of it comes with ease. Shabbat, the spirit teaching and transforming the world within this city, within this holy hill. Um, we are still learning, growing, and transforming our understanding in order to take on a new vision of what the world could be. Now, those are the Isaiah passages, and um, we are now going to jump to the New Testament, the Christian scriptures. And we are going to um, look at Revelation chapter 21 and Revelation chapter 22. Um, now, Revelation 21 and 22 are clearly pulling from Isaiah. Um, however, it seems to be talking about a future event, possibly maybe a little farther out um, seen in Isaiah, or definitely the Isaiah 65 imagery. It's very, very close. Um, so the author of Revelation is clearly... Um, clearly knows Isaiah. I mean, there's some direct correlation, some direct, direct connection. And um, so um, John the Revelator is, is he definitely 
um, is working with with these Isaiah passages and and now kind of giving this new dimensional shift and looking at it through the understanding of Yeshua as as uh, as Messiah. So, um, starting with Revelation chapter twenty one. So sorry, I know we're going through a lot of Bible. I hope you're enjoying this. Um, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth passed away, and there is no longer sea. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, made as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is among men, and he will dwell among them, and they shall be his people, and God himself will be among them. And he will wipe away every tear from their eye, and there will no longer be any death. There will be no longer any mourning, crying, or pain, for the first things have passed away. And he who sits on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. And he said, Right, for these words are faithful and true. Okay. Now, the reason I said um, might be a little farther out or exactly very similar to the same time period of the Isaiah 65 um, and I do think it's the Isaiah 65 um, time period, but, um, you know, it says here that in verse three and four or verse four, he says, and he will wipe away every tear from their eye and there will no longer be death. There will no longer be mourning, crying or pain. Right. So in some of the passages in Isaiah, right, there still was death, but it was among the wicked. But those who were in the city. What? There was life. There was this longevity of life. So here we are again in Revelation. Then I saw the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down, um, and the tabernacle of God is among men, and he will dwell among them, and they shall be his people. So again, this this new Jerusalem um, is this, those who abide in the new Jerusalem are living a long, long time. Um, so um, so for just to kind of, you know, play around here a little bit. So is it only within the New Jerusalem or the whole earth um, where this is unfolding, you know, where this eternal life is? And that's a really good question um, because the text definitely makes it apparent that those who are participating and those who are abiding in the life from the New Jerusalem are the ones that, no matter where they are, are living a long time. So just kind of hold that question for you first. Hold that in your mind for a second. Now, um, what does the one on the throne say after this in this passage? Behold, I am making all things new. Again, I am making a present act that is taking place, a process that is unfolding. But I admit, starting with verse 10 um, in Revelation chapter 21, things get a little tricky. Um, and um, so starting with verse 10, we have John the Revelator saying, And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. And now he goes through all the city measurements info, and I'm not going to read all that. So he says, I saw no temple in it, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. 
and the city has no need of the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God has illumined it, and the lamp is the Lamb. The nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. In the daytime, for there will be no night there, its gates will never be closed, and they will bring the glory and the honor of the nations into it. And nothing unclean and no one who practices abomination and lying, sh lying shall ever come into it, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. So, let's look at some quickly. Let's look at the passage. Let's, what is it showing us? One, showing that the city has no need for sun and moon, but that doesn't mean those lights won't be present or used, let's say, on the earth. Because remember, Isaiah, this moon is still there, new moons. There still is a celestial um, arena. Remember, new heavens, new, new heavens, heaven, heaven. The, the space is uh, considered one of the heavens in ancient times as well. So it's not, that is part of the, the heaven equation. So for... Um, now let me ask you a question. For if all old things have passed away, then surely no more wicked or evil doing people will exist, right? Well, from these passages, it's clear that those who practice abomination cannot come in because they have been removed from existence. That's, that's option one. Or they are forced to the shadows of the world where they must hide and cannot come into this city. Um... That is if you read these passages with a somewhat literal tone, to be quite honest. Um, and just as a side note, because Revelation is talking in symbolic fashion the whole time, um, I think it's fair to give an, a very brief symbolic interpretation of which um, I would say it has something to do with our access to the temple of the Holy Spirit within, our true self, and those aspects that keep us um, from our true nature in Christ, which never gets within, never gets within the city. But I think that's more of like a symbolic, um, there's a whole symbolic world or whole inner world um, dance that one can and and should dance with, with the book of Revelation. But we're kind of moving more of like a this world historical narrative for, for this particular podcast. Um, so back to what we were doing. So in chapter 22, um, in, in Revelation, that's where we're heading to next. So, um, then he showed me a river of water of life, clear as crystal. Notice all of the nature or the creation, things in nature, symbolic references now in chapter 22. Um, coming from the throne of God and of the Lamb, that's already two or three. Water, crystal, lamb, in the middle of the street. On either side of the river, four, was the tree of life, five, bearing twelve kinds of fruit, six, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. There will no longer be any curse, and the throne of God and the lamb, seven, will be in it, and his bondservants will serve him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. And there will no longer be any night. Mind you, this is again, we're talking about from those that are in the city. This is, again, the city that's coming down. 
It's referencing the throne of God. So this is this particular dimension that we're in right now. We're in the city. So what is it saying? There will no longer be any night, for they will not need of the light of the lamp, nor the light of the sun, because the Lord God will illumine them. And I think that there's a lot of mysteries and a lot of hidden depth to this whole passage that goes way deeper than the literal stuff that we're doing right now. But we're just doing this for now. And they will reign forever and ever. Again, those who are in the city, what? They will reign forever and ever. And he said to me, those, these words are faithful and true. And the Lord, the God of the spirits of the prophets, sent his angel to show his bondservants the things which must, which must soon take place. Blessed are those who wash the robes, that they might have the right to the tree of life, and may enter by um, into the gates of the city. Outside are the dogs and the sorcerers and the immoral persons and the murderers and the idolaters and everyone who loves and practices lying. So, again, there's an outside of the city. And in the outside of the city, there's what still present? Sorcerers and the immoral persons and the murderers and the idolaters. But they're on the outside and they can't get in. Um, but again, we're in this new heaven, new earth time period. Okay, That has come down. The new Jerusalem has come down. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to test in the last verse. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to you um, to testify to you these things for the churches. I am the root, another um, natural uh, reference, and the descendant of David, the bright morning star. Nature, again, I'm the bright morning star. Again, a celestial image. So, <sighs> that was a lot of Bible. But we're we're getting there. I think you guys are starting to get to where I'm I'm heading. So once again, if read in a somewhat literal fashion, which um, I don't think is again the best reading for Revelation, but necessary for this conversation, there are people outside of the city who let's say are operating in an evil manner. So what we can gather: one, those who live and dwell within the city are immortal, live forever. Or live a very long time, and if and if they um, do not um, live forever, um, then it's seen as like a, a curse um, or something that's terribly um, sad, according to Isaiah. Right? And those who are not only living in the city but coming in and out of the city, I should say as well, who are taking a part of the tree, who are. Um, using the healing or the, the the leaves of the tree for the healings of the nations, right? So those that are coming in and out of the city are those who are bringing life to the earth, okay? Two, um, and I will say as, as well, for those that are in the city, death is destroyed. It is the final thing has been defeated for those within or who live or who dwell within the city. However, for those who cannot enter into the city and decide to live a life of evil perpetually on the outside, so to speak, um, are removed. So, um, so potentially we've started to see a hint into what is possibly causing um, this shift in new life as seen in Isaiah. It is due to the influence of the new Jerusalem, which he begins to hint at, which, um, according again to, to the Christian understanding by using Christian scriptures. So, um, which is all this, which is present with man. Um, uh, this reality is present with man and, and we're, and humanity is being healed and the earth 
is being shifted and it's being caused to be this to become this new place of life. So, are you having fun? <laughs> okay. So, last passage. Um now, let's jump to 2nd Peter where I think most people get their idea of the new heaven and new earth. I think people start from 2 Peter and then read the rest of the scriptures from that. And I think that's a terrible idea. I think you need to start with Isaiah, um, which is where Peter's getting his ideas from, um, and John the Revelator. And Isaiah um, is the oldest idea, and and... and um, Second Peter isn't necessarily a great cornerstone, but read, be, reading Second Peter through these, through this lens and through this context, becomes a lot clearer of what the heck he's talking about. So, um, and now as a, um, and I just want you to notice some some things that are similar that we've already read. Um, and now, I mean, you might notice that a lot of what we've read. Um, these passages allude to the new heaven and new earth as an ongoing past process, one in which the spirit is actively seeking to heal and restore the world. So, Second Peter chapter 3, I will skip 1 through 7, although it is fun. Um, I'll go to verse 8. This is the NRSV version. But do not ignore this one fact, beloved. That with the Lord one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like one day. Note, Peter is already saying, look, this could be a while, but I don't want you to think that it's super short. It kind of gets that with the earlier stuff, but yeah, it could be a while, but I don't want to say it's going to be a while, but it could be a while. So, he says, the Lord is not slow about his promise, as some, have, as some think of slowness but is patient with you, not wanting any to perish, but all to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a loud noise, and the elements will be dissolved. Now, this, they translated dissolved. I don't like the translation. I can't find a translation that actually gives the actual literal Greek meaning, which is crazy. Um, but it's from the Greek word luo, which means like it to be freed or loosened or set free. It's the idea of someone, you know, being in chains and then the chains are, are, are broken. Um, so the elements will be loosened. They'll be set free with fire. And the earth will be everything, um, and the earth and everything that is done on it will be disclosed or revealed. Um, some, some translations say destroyed again, but the idea again is being revealed. It's about being disclosed. It's an opening. So everything on it will be revealed, opened. Since all these things are to be set free, dissolved, again, set free the luo, set free in this way, what sort of persons ought you to be in leading lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hastening the coming day of the look of God, because of which the heavens will be set ablaze, turned into light, and dissolved, luo, set free, um, and the elements will melt, be made malleable with fire. 
But in accordance with his promise, we wait for the new heavens and a new earth where righteousness is at home. Um, okay, so what do we see here? Um, Peter is basically saying, look, uh, this could be a while. And, um, and based on what he was saying in an earlier passage, you know, one shouldn't really slack off because remember Noah, uh, you know, one day just, it was just here. Um, but again, it, he's, he's saying this could be a while, but he doesn't want to say it's going to be a while because he doesn't want people again to, 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 to slip away, so to speak, but to stay vigilant on their journey, um, in and through and with Christ. So, um, but, but again, in what we see in, in these passages, we have creation or the elements that which or that which builds the world, the reality, set free and transformed so that they might bring um, a new world. And um, if you if some I've seen some people maybe read this literally, literally that, oh, well, when this great, you know, light comes and boom, that's, you know, it's when this earth is going to be destroyed when the sun blows up. Okay. Well, if one thinks that the fire is the sun exploding, that is four billion years from now. Um, and who knows what sort of life-altering technology or whatever we would have by then if we continue to mature and grow and progress in Christ. I'm sure that all that would be avoided. So, um, but the earth here, again, is not being destroyed, It's not, um, but being transformed. It's not like Oh, the earth is gone. The elements are gone. It doesn't say that the elements have were are disappeared. They're gone. They're that's the that's the problem of these translations. Because when you re, when you read it in actual Greek, it's not that at all. It's it's that they're being set free. They're being loosened. They're being dissolved. They're um, they are um, like like a gold brick. They're being melted down. When you melt down a gold brick, the gold doesn't disappear. It just becomes a new medium for which you can create a new world, right? So the earth isn't gone. It just becomes this, um, let's say, a canvas, a, a canvas to create a new world. So, um, and in context with all the other passages within Scripture, although Peter says, we wait for the new heaven and the new earth. And to a certain extent, that is true. We are also in its process of being birthed. It is here now and yet not here. So instead of seeing this new earth as literally a new world or a new planet or whatever um, viewed within the scriptural context, the new earth is not, I will say this, the new earth is not this earth. And yet, it is this earth. Um, it is likened to the mystical koan, one never steps into the same river twice. A little reading says, yes, of course, you know, one can step into the same river twice. And to a certain extent, that is true. However, uh, one must... Um, realize or think to themselves, is it really the same, capital S, river? Is it the same river? No, for it is now completely different. Certain elements of the water have been evaporated. It is, its shape is 100% different in its micro-adjustments. 
new water is now at its source, and so on and so on. And so in this same way, we will have a new earth, and yet it is trying to come. But it isn't a new planet. It is in process. We are living on what will become and is this incredible um, new life-giving home. We are, we are living on what will become the new earth. This, but the new earth is also here present. So, because remember, Jesus says, Behold, I am making all things new in Revelation. So, it's been going on. So, some might ask, um, well, in Matthew 24, Jesus said, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will remain. True. All things are passing away. Nothing in creation is eternally the same. Um, It is alive. So, it is truly never the same one moment to the next. It is always being made new and is always passing away. But again, I must iterate what Jesus says here. He states, I am making all things new. So is this earth, this planet, should we destroy it? Should we not care? Should we not care about how we're taking care of things, how we're dealing with the environmental aspects of our life? Because it's not going to matter because it's all just going to be destroyed one day. No, when you do that, you're participating in the very destruction. Uh, I would call it the, the no, the, I would call it the, you know, I'm just going to call it the Nephilim destruction, the Noah, the no, the Noahic Nephilim destruction. In the time of Noah, the earth, according to the other, you know, Jewish scriptures, whether it's Book of Enoch or some other text as well, but you can also get the idea from Genesis. That the earth was raped and pillaged and destroyed um, by these creatures and what they did with humanity, whether literal or figurative. And what it did was it perverted the world in such a way that God had to start over. And let me ask you a question Who were the ones that got to live? Who were the ones? that got to move on into the next world. It was Noah and his family. And what did they do? They took care of the animals. They took care of what they could in creation that God had asked them to take care of. Now, again, I'm not saying you need to become a vegetarian or vegan or anything like that. I'm just saying pay attention to the earth. Start being sensitive to it. And in this next podcast, we'll talk about the tethering and stuff like that with my wife um, in part three. And I know there's a lot of that conversation within some of these groups, and so we'll kind of address that. But that's not what we're talking about right now. Pay attention to the earth, because it is a living being, according to um, the Old Testament or the Hebrew Scriptures. And it's Noah and his family that remain. And so the earth gets reborn, and it gets remade, and the animals go back out in order to what? In order to repopulate, in order to bring harmony, and to bring life into creation. So we need to be paying attention. We need to be paying attention. How does our practice, how does our mystical practices, how can we become more sensitive to this? How can we partner with the coming of the new earth? Because it is those who are sensitive to it that I actually know are making their way in and out of the new Jerusalem. For the New Jerusalem, again, is concerned with what? The repairing, the restructuring, 
and the healing of the world, not just people, but all of creation. And I will say this again, Jesus states, I am making all things new. When is that new? Now. 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 Each new moment is a new moment. It's a door to the new. So when we partner with life-giving and earth-supporting processes, we are bringing the new heaven and new earth into the present. So let's not destroy this planet. Um, It never again ends well for those who go down that path. For each process of a new unfolding of creation is taking place here and now. We just need to open our eyes, both physically and spiritually, to see it. Shalom. Thank you for listening to the Ruach Podcast. For practices and courses in Christian meditation and mysticism, visit ruach.com. That's R-O-O-A-K-H dot com. See you soon.